Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for listening to the Wall and Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metzler. There is a legendary Far Side cartoon. A band is playing together on the stage, getting ready to rock the house. Meanwhile, back at the front of house soundboard, the sound man is just about to reach for the suck button. Those of us that have played on stages know the first rule of live rock and roll is you never anger the sound man. I happen to have one of the best sound engineers in America with me this evening. A man like myself who's from northern Minnesota, and like myself, got into the biz at around age 15. As a matter of fact, he mixed my very first show under my own name, opening up for Taj Mahal at the North Shore Theater in 1984. We dropped out of touch for several years and reconnected seven or eight years ago. Over the years, he has worked with a literal who's who of American musicians, including Curtis A., the B-52s, Britney Spears, Jessica Simpson, the Magnolias, Nirvana, the Replacements, the DBs, R. Kelly, Prince, the Smithereens, and is currently working with cover band Supreme Hairball. We welcome into the Wall of Power Radio Hour studio the coolest and perhaps the most opinionated sound man in town, the pride of Barnum, Minnesota, Mr. Monty Lee Wilkes. I don't understand what you mean by opinionated. <laughs> well, we'll find out. That's just what I've heard about you, Monty. Hey, it's uh, thanks for taking time uh, in the holidays to come and speak with me. We've been oh, chatting. My pleasure. About, yeah, we've been chatting about trying to trying to get you on for a long time. Let's go back to where this whole thing started. Now, you were. Uh, over the years, you know, you've worked with Nirvana and The Replacements, you know, some of the greatest punk bands of all time. But I remember you telling me you've kind of got your interest in sound going with your father to a Grateful Dead show. Uh, indeed. Uh, my folks took me along to uh, probably 73, I suppose, to see uh, the dead at the Dane County Coliseum in Madison, Wisconsin. And... Uh, Yes, they were carrying the legendary wall of, sound. wall of sound. I took one look at the thing and was I've pretty much never been the same. <laughs> it, it looked like the pyramids. It was the coolest thing I'd ever seen in yeah. my life. I, I The coolest ever. Uh, and uh, you know, so powerfully loud. And uh, at one point I was tugged on my dad's shirt sleeve and I pointed to the front of house position where some guys were huddled around a console of sorts. Actually, they were watching us an oscilloscope with <laughs> great interest. Okay. <laughs> and I said, Dad, who are those guys? Tell us said, first what the hell an oscilloscope is. Oh, it's um, a way of looking at an audio signal okay. for simplicity's sake. Um, and I said, Dad, who are those guys? What are they doing? And he said, oh, those are the sound engineers, son. And uh, that was the moment. And I said, hmm. oh, my God, there's a name for it? <laughs> sound engineer. That's the coolest thing I've ever heard of in my <laughs> entire life that is cooler than an astronaut screwing an astronaut. I'm going to be a sound engineer now. Oh, beautiful. That was it. So your dad, Howie, uh, has been a musician like forever. Yeah. A uh, bass player, a wonderful guy. And in fact, we're going to be playing some of uh, Howie's band Milk Bones music that uh, Monty helped record. So did you, did dad take you out on gigs then? Oh, yeah. I, uh, the first thing he did was took me to a recording session of a band that, of his that was doing a demo and uh, it was an eight track place. And, uh, they did three songs, uh, basic tracks, overdubs, and mix all in one evening. And uh, and I was kind of like, oh, great, somebody brought their kid. <laughs> and I just sat in the back of the control room and kept my mouth shut and watched and listened. And uh, after about 20 minutes, I started getting really confused because it just all seemed so easy. <laughs> like, what am I missing here? You right, know? And, right. I don't know. I guess if uh, uh, some people have gifts, I guess mine is uh, that. All things audio just uh, click naturally with me. So when did you start uh, getting gigs, actually mixing live bands up in uh, northern Minnesota? Oh, about the time I got out of high school. Okay. And, uh, I went to Duluth, moved to Duluth and worked for a band called the Bronx Zoo. Sure. Yeah. I remember those guys. Yep. They were, uh, yeah, they were a big deal. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, that was a pretty big thrill. Where were the uh, where were the gigs back then? What bars were they playing? Oh, there was um, Williams North Shore. Oh yeah, right. I really liked that one. That was a really nice gig. It sounded really good in there. Right, right. on the east end of London Road. Yes, and a uh, nice view of the lake out the Beautiful window, as view. I recall. And uh, yeah, that was. Uh, and they used to pack the place. Yeah. And then there was uh, what else was there? There was the. Uh, called Remy's for a while. Remy's, right, I remember and that. What was it originally? Was it the, uh, out there on London Road? I, I, I can't remember. What about, uh, was the Silver Hammers around then too? Um, I think it might have been dormant maybe. Okay. I, didn't they shut down for a few yeah, years? Yeah, it was yeah. the Subterranean Club right on Superior Street. In fact, I just got an uh, email uh, about a month ago from somebody who's, um, booking the place and wanted to know if I wanted to go up there and play again. Oh, cool. And the last time I played there uh, was with Cats of the Stars and it was a very, very confusing gig. As you know how these gigs can get. Sure. And very uh, ego deflating. And uh, remember, <laughs> we got done with the first set and a lady who was smoking and drinking heavily at the end of the bar said, I'd rather suck wind than listen to your band. <laughs> <laughs> Good, nice gig. <laughs> no comeback for that. <laughs> Thanks. So, you and I, you know, when I did my very first gig after the Cats and the Stars broke up in 84, was at the North Shore, mm -hmm. and they were having some great shows. Oh, that place was a blast. Yeah. Um, I was a house engineer, and, and kind of house everything there. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'd tend bar sometimes, and, uh, oh, God, I love that building. Yeah. I just... Oh, I fell in love with that building. It's I, a beautiful, I don't know if it would be considered actually an art deco theater. Oh, but yeah. It, it was uh, gorgeous, especially in its time. Oh, it was just stunning. I think my mother took myself and some friends on my 12th birthday to go down and see Sound of Music. Oh, wow. <laughs> so you were working with Bronx Zoo. So now name some of the other bands you started to work with and then tell us how you got down to Minneapolis. Um... I went to see Johnny Ray and the Reaction at okay. the, uh, the Casa de Roma in Duluth. Casa Remember de that place? Roma, yes, absolutely. Uh, oh, let's not forget Mr. Pete's. Right. And uh, I did the very last gig at Mr. No Pete's. Way, really? Yes, I did. Cool. And uh, I, I, I'm not taking credit for the place shutting down, but <laughs> but for those you remember, next to Lee's Liquor Lounge, they had the largest collection of Elvis decanters. Mm hmm. Yes, the whole bar was filled with crazy-looking liquor bottles. Yeah. Like like wallpaper. Right, you know? right, right. And, uh, and then, then next door to that for a while was a place called The Showcase. Right. And that was a pretty good-sized venue, big stage. Uh, you could get a decent-sized production in there. Uh-huh. And... Uh, Bands like bands like Whiskey River right. sell that out if they weren't f filling the Grandma's Big Top. Right. In that place as well. Well, Whiskey River, they were, you knew some of those guys because they were, you mm -hmm. grew up in Barnum, Minnesota. They were from uh, Moose Lake. Yeah, and they're, they were all friends of our family. Yeah, and they were like really a, just a, at the time, really kind of like a Waylon Jennings oriented country rock band. Yeah, they're really good at really Yeah, good really too. good. And uh, I used to follow those guys around and hang out around them. And, uh, right. Because they had a big PA system, and uh, I was just, you know, crazy about it. Big Southern Thunder system. Right. They had. Southern Thunder was a regional sound company in uh, Minneapolis for many years. So, uh, yeah, I would sneak into gigs because I was underage. Right. And hang out at the soundboard and hope nobody would throw me out. <laughs> <laughs> so... When did you, how long did you, you hang out in, in Duluth before you made the move down to uh, the big oh, city of Minneapolis? A couple of years tops, I guess. Okay. I was looking at a calendar the other day thinking, wow, seemed longer. Right. And uh, I moved down here uh, to mix Johnny Ray. I bet you're the kind of a guy, not unlike Joe Loma, who, a great drummer who I played with for years, oh, yeah. that good. has calendars that go back decades. Yeah, I do. Every everywhere you played probably what you made and uh times, dates and and venues. Uh dates, venues, dates, cities and venues for sure. Um you know, I, used, I used to carry a little, little you know, paper calendar around right. in my pocket back in the old days and uh you know, I 
like a year uh, booklet the size of a three by five card or something. Exactly what Loma has. Uh, most of them said uh, show uh, show pro on them from Tracy Lundin's right. music store. Right. <laughs> well, Tracy was a real shaker and mover up there, you know. Yeah, he was. He had the biggest store in town, and uh, uh, and put on a lot of put shows. On a lot of shows. Most of those after I'd moved out of uh, Duluth, and uh, I think. Uh, uh, I don't know when ShowPro stopped being a music store. Uh, now, so when did you hear Johnny Rancid? I'm Monty, Johnny, I love to work with you. Was it they, they asked you? Uh, they asked me. And I was at a party, and some guy said, Hey, are you the Bronx Zoo sound engineer? And I said, Yeah. And it was uh, John Medico, the bass player for The Reaction, and he said, uh, we need somebody to mix us tomorrow night at the Casa de Roma. Okay. And I said, yeah, sure. And it uh, went very well, and a couple weeks later, they called me up and offered me the job. Wow. So which meant you, you, you moved to Minneapolis. We've got Monty Lee Wilkes, one of the uh, world's greatest sound men in the studio. I'm honored to say he's a friend of mine. We're going to have him on for the whole show. We were just talking about Johnny Ray and the reaction. Uh, just a, a wonderful songwriter and rock and roller who's still out there doing it. We're going to uh, listen to a little bit of his song, Tangled Mess, Johnny Ray and the reaction, and I'll be back all show with Monty Lee Wilkes. Number one source of the Twin Cities Gay Scene is all digital. Follow Twin Cities Gay Scene on Facebook and Twitter. Sign up for the Scene Shot email blast for weekly updates and chances to win great prizes. No app is needed to view the bi-weekly web editions of Scene. It's GLBTQ Media for the mobile generation. Find it all at TwinCitiesGayScene.com. That's TwinCitiesGayScene.com. Good day to be indigenous. Native Earths Radio presents I'm Awake. Our weekly Native American talk radio show will discuss national and local Native American news and events. Local and national guests will help us keep current with Mother Earth, tribal, and Twin City issues. Native American issues are human issues. We invite all people to walk hand in hand with our struggles, victories, and achievements. Listen Saturdays at 2 p.m. I am awake. Supporting the best local and independently owned restaurants in the Twin Cities has never been easier. You'll find an expansive list of local dining options at eatlocalminnesota.com, from classic American comfort food to authentic flavors from around the world. The award-winning Hazel's Northeast combines the feel of a small-town diner with the vibrant nature of its Northeast Minneapolis neighborhood. Whether it's breakfast, lunch, weekend brunch, or dinner, their classically inspired and creatively prepared American comfort food is always made from scratch. Hazel's Northeast at 29th and Johnson in Northeast Minneapolis. EatLocalMinnesota.com Nightingale offers a cozy, fun atmosphere that's perfect for your next family or professional gathering. They feature delicious signature dishes and an extensive drink selection, including mulled wine served all winter long. Located off 26th and Lindale, Nightingale is open seven days a week with two award-winning daily happy hours. More at NightingaleMPLS.com. This is Bill McLeslie, owner of IP House in Minneapolis. Does the thought of upgrading the computers at your office keep you up at night? Change can be overwhelming, especially when it comes to technology. I started IP House with the mission of making technology simple. We provide tech support for businesses just like yours, managing the technical hurdles so you can sleep at night. If your technology has you worried, call us. IP House, 612-337-6337. 612-337-6337. Hi, Richard for Auto Technical. Since 93, I've picked up the donated vehicles, and the question I'm asked most often is, how do you pay the bills if you give away cars? Well, we have a fundraiser on Friday and Saturday. Vehicles priced from $1,500 to $4,000. Reconditioned and ready to test drive. Help support our mission. You will be impressed by the quality vehicles. A good bet is Auto Tech. Autotech.org. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
back to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metza. My in-studio guest, my good friend, sound man extraordinaire, Monty Lee Wilkes. We just heard a little bit uh, of a song called Floyd's Hotel by a band called Milkbone, who are still rocking. And that was uh, Howie Wilkes, Monty's dad, singing. Tell us a little bit about uh, Milkbone and just kind of growing up with a dad who was a musician. Um... Well, you know, I, I, I suppose I'm kind of a music freak myself, so it was pretty groovy having a musical uh, yeah. dad. Um, he was the kind of guy that, uh, you know, when uh, when when we'd all come home from somewhere, uh, the first thing he did was put a record on. Yeah. As soon as we walked in the house, he took off your coat and he put a record on. Nice. And if uh, my kid brother and I hadn't been uh, being too big of a knotheads all day, <laughs> um, we might be... You know, given the opportunity to play the next record. Well, you know, and that's your brother, uh, wonderfully named Harpo. Yeah, it's a nickname that stuck when we moved out to uh, Kettle River, Minnesota, <laughs> which was primarily uh, Finnish territory. Oh well, that my the homeland, as I like to refer to it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so. Your dad, your dad is still playing. I see. Uh, you know, we're Facebook buddies. He's playing like almost every weekend. Every, uh, almost, yeah, um, and definitely every other weekend they uh, um, do a Sunday afternoon gig in Rutledge. Tell people where Rutledge is if they're driving up, going to be up north on a Sunday uh, afternoon. It's, uh, just south of uh, Sandstone, isn't okay. it? Okay, yeah. That's oh, no, just right. north of Sandstone? North yeah, of just, Sandstone. Just north of Sandstone. And, uh, yeah, they do a cool gig. Uh, What's the name of the club? Where they do a uh, the end zone. Okay. And they, they do an afternoon set. Uh, they I think they start playing at 4.30 and they're done at 8.30. Perfect. I, I know, right? Perfect. Uh, everybody can go home and get to sleep and then nobody's out driving around drunk. And, yeah. Um, it's, it's just a... They have an incredible draw. Uh, right. The place is packed every time I go see them. Well, I was looking at their set list. Uh, we're going to play another uh, song towards the end of the show. But they did, they're doing everything from Horace Silver to Willie Nelson um, yep. to the Grateful Dead. But, uh, they, just, they do whatever they want. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they don't care, uh, you know. <laughs> well, and you they you have too. I mean, you have, you've had, so you moved down to Minneapolis. You know, you've got such a incredible resume here. I'll just, uh, for those of you that just tuned in, we're talking to Monty Lee Wilkes, Soundman Extraordinaire. <clears throat> I mean, you worked with the DBs, the Smithereens, the Replacements, Nirvana, Red Cross, House of Freaks, the Go-Go's, the Posies, Frank Black, Bob Weir and Rat Dog, Britney Spears, Prince, Julio Iglesias, stop me, uh, because we're, we're going to run out of time, Kelly Clarkson, Mars Volta, my uh, God. So the list goes on. Yeah, the list goes on. Well, you you're, you're very well respected, you know, all over the world in sound circles, and you're revered here in town. You just uh, <laughs> recently did the uh, courtesy John Lennon tribute. Oh, the finest gig there is. Yeah. Um, I love that gig. I love everything about it. It's, uh, I'd like to thank Kurt for taking possibly the worst night in the history of the earth and uh, turning it into the funnest night of the year. Yeah, it's really been amazing. Yeah, it's it's just the just the coolest gig and uh I like it so I like it for the all the same reasons most sound engineers hate it. Right. It's entirely too many people on stage, right. entirely too many loud guitar amplifiers, entirely right. too loud guitar amplifiers. Uh, two drummers. Two drummers, a four-piece string section that you got to get up over the din with. Right. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it requires a laser focus because it's just constantly things. Oh, by the way. And, uh, right. Just one thing after the sound check. I need. Rehearsal. I need a little bit more of me in the mix. Oh, all of it. Yeah. The rehearsal sound check goes forever, and um, and uh, but I love it. It's, yeah. You know, it's, it's all my favorite songs played by all my favorite guys with my favorite singer belting it out. At what are your favorite clubs? First Avenue. Um. Yeah. First Avenue is one of them. I've done. I should try to add it. I'll pull out those calendars and try to right. add it up one of these days of how many shows I've done in there. Uh, not just mixed personally, but um, uh, was the house engineer for. You know, and it's got to be in the thousands. Let's talk a little bit about my the man I consider seriously to be the greatest rock and roll singer in the world, and that's Curtis A. Oh, yeah. 
When did you hear Kurt for the first time? Uh, back when I uh, was just a just a lad. Really? Uh, uh, yeah, I think I was not much of like 19, I think, when I first moved down here. And uh, Kurt and Johnny would play together a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, being the young, uh, young new sound guy around town, I was uh, willing to mix anybody right. for any reason right. whatsoever. And uh, so I figured, uh, yeah, I want to mix this Kurt guy. And mm-hmm. uh, what, what great... Uh, what a great learning experience for an engineer, too. And how did you hook up with the replacements? Uh, their manager, Peter Jesperson, was looking for the guy who used to mix the Flame and O's. Okay. Who I used to hang out and be pals with. And Who uh, was it? A guy named John Shandrick. Okay. You know John? I know the name. Yeah. Uh, he's one of the best uh, foreign car mechanics in town. Oh. And uh, so he... He called the Caboose, where a guy named Michael McKern... I know Michael. Was, uh, way. Yeah, was a manager at the time, and and uh, Michael was the drummer in the Johnny Rand Rand. Right, right. And he told Peter... That's a that, talented guy, McKern. He, he wears a lot of hats. Oh, God, he's an f- amazing cat. And, yeah. Uh, one of the best drummers I've ever heard in my entire life, period. Mm-hmm. Uh, a great engineer good teacher but anyway he told peter um you know john's out of the business and uh he does cars now and uh but that's not the guy you want the guy you want is this guy named monty lee wilkes i think he works at a record store in duluth wow and uh peter said okay and uh sure enough i'm standing at the cash register and the phone rings and this guy says i'm looking for monty and it was peter jesperson and wow made arrangements to come down and have a meeting with them and my job interview took place at the CC club <laughs> perfect and uh, here comes another regular and then they or, hired, or irregular they, they hired me yeah you know it's funny because we had Terry Katzman on um, who worked at Orfolk Jokopis and then went on to become a, a great uh, uh, mixologist at 7th Street Entry and was there at the beginning days of Who's Could Do but he was um, recruited by Jesperson to work at Orfolk. Uh-huh. And, of course, Jesperson, uh, you know, discovered the replacement. So, but he, obviously, Peter had an eye for all kinds of talent. Oh, man. Um, he's one of the few guys on earth that um, um, if, if he tells me, hey, you'll like this, I will go out and buy it instantly. You know, <laughs> if you, you'll like this record, bam, I'm, I'm off to the record store. He, uh, he lives to turn people on to music. Yeah. And he just gets excited right. and giddy, almost like, a, dare I say, a schoolgirl or something, when he realizes that you haven't heard something that he knows you're going to like. <laughs> and he just gets off on turning people on to stuff. And uh, and that's the way that's the way it should be. we got Monty Lee Wilkson. We're going to listen to a little courtesy. First to know, more with Monty on the Wall of Power Radio Walk. One Voice Mixed Chorus, Minnesota's LGBTA Chorus, returns to the Ordway Concert Hall for Sanctuary, an unforgettable evening of choral music celebrating the music of immigrants who make Minnesota home, including Scandinavian, German, Irish, Mexican, Hmong, and Somali. One Voice will also perform You Will Be Found for Broadway's Dear Evan Hansen and I Come From Good People. That's at the Ordway Concert Hall Friday, January 19th and Sunday, January 21st. Call 651-224-4222 or check out onevoicemn.org for tickets today. Hey, Minnesota, Norman Goldman here. The furniture business is one of those industries that's full of fake sales and false discounts. This is the age of the hashtag illegitimate fake president, and haven't you been lied to enough? That's why you need to check out Habitation Furnishing and Design. Habitation offers some of the coolest furniture in Minneapolis at fair prices every day. No fake sales, no phony discounts, just honest, intriguing, and really unique furniture. Check out Habitation on Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park or visit HabitationDesign.com. The first sentence of his email said, I'd like to stay anonymous. 
And the second sentence said, I'd like to donate a million dollars to the Global Good Fund. Where should I send the check? I'm Tony Lloyd, and I'm the host of the brand new show, Social Entrepreneur. If you love stories that engage, inform, and inspire, you don't want to miss it. Join us every Monday from 7 to 8 a.m. right here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Crooner's Lounge and Supper Club is delighted to offer its spacious facilities for your private function. From weddings, retirement parties, business dinners, or any special occasion, Crooner's combines a dedicated, full-service special events team, an award-winning chef, and a beautiful lakeside ambiance to make your event a resounding success. Visit croonersloungemn.com to learn more about their private dining options, or call 763-571-9020 to get a quote for your next event today. Chunk Gaming Wisconsin, wherever you are and however you like it, we're just the place you're looking for. Six unique, fun, exciting, winning destinations located throughout central Wisconsin. Make your rounds to Wittenberg, Nakusa, Black River Falls, Toma, Madison, or Wisconsin Dells for the hottest slots, most exciting games, award-winning guest service, delicious food and spirits, lodging, and live entertainment. Join the Ho-Chunk Gaming Rewards Club for free. And with a single card, you can earn valuable points no matter which of the six locations you choose to play. That means more exclusive offers, giveaways, cash back, discounts, and much more. Visit us online to see all we have to offer and find the fun times nearest you at HoChunkGaming.com. So wherever you are and however you like it, we're just the place you're looking for. Ho-Chunk Gaming Wisconsin, Wittenberg, Nakusa, Black River Falls, Toma, Madison, and Wisconsin Dells. Experience the difference. Ho-Chunk Gaming Wisconsin. Must be 21 or over to play. With your AM 950 weather, I'm Hunter Haas. Tonight, mostly cloudy with a temperature around 15. Sunday, mostly cloudy with a high near 26. And Monday, mostly sunny with a high near 22. Eat Local Minnesota is a great way to find locally owned Minnesota restaurants featuring high quality food and unique eating experiences. Local food, micro brews, original dishes, vegetarian options, and much more. Some Eat Local Minnesota restaurants include Crooners, Lounge and Supper Club, Great Wall, and Seward Co-op. With your AM 950 weather, I'm Brett Johnson. Tonight, look for partly cloudy skies with a low around 17. Sunday, partly sunny with a high of 25. Sunday night, partly cloudy with a low around 12. Monday, sunny with a high of 22. And Tuesday, mostly sunny with a high around 23. And if you have friends and family in town during this holiday weekend, make sure you stop by one of the Eat Local Minnesota restaurants. They have great food from meatloaf, hot turkey sandwiches, fish and chips, to pizza and burgers, and much more. Find a full list of restaurants at eatlocalminnesota.com. Welcome back to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metza. My guest and great friend in the studio all night this evening, sound man extraordinaire, Monty Lee Wilkes. We just listened to a song that uh, Monty recorded with Sonic Bouquet called Real Thing. Tell us about Sonic Bouquet. Uh, Sonic Bouquet is a, dare I say, power pop rock band from uh, South Minneapolis. And um, their, their uh, leader and lead vocalist is a guy named Bob Langhorst, who also came from Moose Lake, Minnesota. Yeah, I know that name. Yeah, and... Uh, Oh, God, I used to go see Bob's uh, bands at the Barnum Town Hall when I was in high school. Oh, cool. You know, I, can, I want to do this. I want to do this bigger and better off. Right. And then, uh, and Bob was also uh, in the Bronx Zoo. <gasps> so okay. Bob, hired, Bob hired me to uh, come up and mix the Bronx Zoo. And uh, that band ran its course, and we all went our separate ways. And, uh, and then Bob and I kind of reconnected a little while ago. And he'd asked me about mastering a record for him, and I listened to it, and... I just thought we could do more, right? Yeah, because I had some better tools than uh, the stuff that uh, they had on hand when they were recording it, and uh, the record just turned out to be this pop gem. <laughs> and uh, uh, w- one of the prouder moments of my life was I sent a copy of it to Peter Jesperson, right? And Jesperson wrote who's me, now the head of uh, New, New West, West Records. Yeah. He uh, wrote me back and filled a page and a half of 
ranting and raving praise about this record. And nice. I was like, wow. I mean, wow, for Peter to say, man. I mean, if Peter would have said, not bad, Monty, I would have been walking on air. You right, know? right, right. And uh, that was really exciting. And uh, so... Um, Pray, high praise from on high. Yeah, indeed. You know, think about it. When you said uh, Langhorse was from uh, Moose Lake, as were Whiskey River, who we talked about earlier, and one of the greatest jazz singers in America, Prudence Johnson. Oh, yeah, that's right. You know, it's just a little, small, little town there. Um, not by, not too far from Barnum. Where, where no, five from. miles away. Yeah. And, uh, um, actually, I'm from Kettle River, but I went to high school in Barnum. Okay. Although, like, my senior year in high school, I started hanging out with guys and you have dual citizenship yeah I started hanging out <laughs> with guys from Moose Lake because they were into music right you know and uh, uh, Greg Fadness this guitar player and, uh, and Bob's younger brother Wayne played bass and uh, I'd wrangle together PAs out of anything I could get my hands on right and we'd do gigs right and it was cool you know I um, I remember you know we did that show together in Duluth when mm -hmm. I opened for Taj Mahal. And uh, and then I kept hearing about you, but we didn't really hang out. Um, but Monty Lee Wilkes, that name loomed very large in rock and roll circles, and of course still does. But I remember you and I are Facebook buddies, and somebody was talking about, uh, we were all blowing some good smoke your way uh, six weeks ago, and uh, this guy said, when he was a kid, you were older than him and Barnum. He said uh, you had uh, long hair, a cheap, uh, cheap trick T-shirt, driving a van, and and you were the coolest cat in town. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess maybe I had the coolest rock T-shirt in town. <laughs> and uh, hey, I got a van. I'm a sound guy. Yeah, you know? right, right, like, right. Guys, yeah, if you got a van, man, you're you're the you're happening. Whether you're living down by the river or not. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now, Monty, so you started working with the replacements. How long did that last? Oh, I don't know, a couple, three years, something like that. that and that was kind of when they're like the height of uh, being the replacements. Was was Bob still with them? or? Uh, yes, Bob okay. was for a while. And then... Uh, Bob and Tom, Tommy Stinson, uh, Paul Westerberg, yeah. and Chris Mars on drums. And some of the last tours that I did with them, uh, Slim was playing lead. Okay. Slim Dunlop. And uh, yeah, that's probably... I probably had... More fun than the law allows yeah. working for those yahoos. <laughs> Tell us a little bit, because Slim has been uh, housebound and kind of going in and uh, out of the hospital. Let's talk about Slim Dunlap a little bit. Um, two words. National treasure. Yeah, you know, there I you mean, go. What can you say? He's just like one of the coolest people I've ever met in my life. And, and uh, one of the greatest... Uh, guitar players and, and a telecast master of the telecaster. Oh my god, I know. And uh, and he, he tweaks with electronics. And, yeah. You know, like he had, he had all these goofy pedals. Oh, and he always had the best, you know, he had two, he had that stereo amp thing going on, which I never knew, you know, two different amps, one's dry, one's wet with reverb. And, uh, yeah, way ahead of its time in terms of rock and roll knuckleheads playing guitar. Yeah. You know. And he, yeah, when he's working for the replacements, he, he, and he, he always set his own stuff up. Right. And um, it's like looking at his pedals, and they're all just aluminum boxes with knobs on them. Right. And some have got some weird marks, and right. nothing's written out. I'm like, what, right. what, what does this one do? And he went, well, it's just kind of a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> well, we uh, we send our, our good vibes out to uh, Bob and Chrissy Dunlap uh, over this, in the new year, 2016. Absolutely. So now, how did you hook up, uh, and what did you do with Nirvana? Oh, uh, I tour managed, mixed the first half of, and did lights for the second half of the Nevermind tour. Wow. When that record came out. And they out, were just yeah. exploding at that time. Yeah, it was a little nutty once in a while. Uh, a number of, uh, uh, I mean, nobody thought it was going to get that big that fast. Right. And uh, so we were, we were doing, you know, 600 seat gigs with 3,000 people outside trying to get in. Wow. And, and uh, parts of it were really groovy and parts of it really sucked. Yeah. And uh, What was the bad parts of it? Well, 
You know, there was this thing. I remember sitting in the van one day and we had all just heard for the first time in our life over the radio somebody actually described something, a, a, a piece of music as commercial alternative. Oh. You know? <laughs> Let's talk about that, money. Yeah. I, I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. I think <laughs> I can't. <laughs> And, and that's what kind of sucks about the whole thing. Is like, geez, man, I was right there and I was doing dirty work, you know? Mm -hmm. I was doing what management and record companies wanted me to do. That was my job, you right. know? And getting people to interviews and this and that and the next thing. And uh, it was a big pain in the butt. And, oh. um, and, and well, commercial alternative. <laughs> <laughs> God, ah. <laughs> well, so that lasted for what a couple of years? Oh no, I uh, I did the one tour with them. That was it. Huh? That was that. Yeah. So where'd you go from there after Nirvana? God, I can't remember. Uh, oh, um, I think the first big tour I did after that was the Beastie Boys. Wow. And uh, yeah, I was their production manager for a, I don't know a year or something like that. Now, how did you hook up with? Uh, the Smithereens and the DBs, they were all kind of related in that world for a while. Um, the, with the Smithereens, I had just come home from a tour with a band called Beat Rodeo. Sure, Steve Almas. Steve Almas of the Commandos fame, yeah. Yep. And uh, I had, uh, God, I didn't even, hadn't even taken my luggage out of a friend's car. Somebody picked me up at the airport and said, yeah, we're all going downtown to see this band called the Smithereens. You want to go with? Absolutely. Throw my luggage in the trunk and there I am. I'm at First Avenue and I'm kissing gals and yeah. shaking hands. I'm home. Great. Right, Yay. Right, right, welcome right. tour. And, and uh, a really good buddy of mine named Bill Ramey who was tour managing and mixing front of house for the Smithereens. And I went down to the console to say hello and he said, I thought you were out of town. And I said, uh, I just got back to town. Right. And he said, I got too much on my hands. Can you start working for us right now? <laughs> <laughs> so I had to, and the next gig was in Winnipeg. Wow. I had to bluff my way through the border with no paperwork and, wow. and that. And, uh, but uh, off we went. And, uh, yeah, there was probably a good, I don't know, six to six, eight years or something like that where I was effectively homeless. You know, I uh, I owned no more worldly possessions that would fit in my van or my parents' garage if I had to empty the van and go hang out in Minneapolis and live in it for a week or so. So you, you were doing the rock and roll thing, and then all of a sudden you find yourself front of house with Britney Spears. Oh, the girl guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, what about that transition? Well, the... Um, uh, she got a hand, a pile full of resumes stuck in front of her, and she's looking through them. And she got to mine and said, "This guy's worked with a lot of female vocalists. Let's give him a shot." Wow. And she hired me. What year was that? Uh, the, the Oops, I did it again tour. So uh, two thousand, I guess. Wow. And uh, and then it just kind of snowballed from there. Um, anytime I wasn't busy with Britney, I was getting offers from other female artists, and it just. Uh, that's why there's so many, so many female artists on my resume. Wow, and and we're talking thousands, tens of thousands of people in stadiums, mm -hmm. and you're the front of house. Mm -hmm. My God, that's got to be a lot of pressure. I kind of get off on it. Yeah, you know, some guys jump out of perfectly good airplanes. <laughs> some dudes got to ride their motorcycles on one tire. Right, um, you know, and. Man, if, uh, when I'm standing at the console in front of a festival audience, you know, like the biggest one I think we do is uh, Britney at Rock and Rio. It was uh, estimated at well over 300,000 people. Wow. And even some of the most hardcore grizzled of us who stood on that stage during changeover and looked out over the audience and just went, holy cow. Wow. It's as far as you can see. You know, so you're kind of like the audio evil Knievel. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I get off on it when, bam, the lights go down and it's, 
Here we go. The, nothing matters now at this point. Nothing wow. matters. It's on. Wow. Let's do this. Tell, it, tell us we get off on it. We've got a couple of minutes left, but there's there has to be one moment when you're w working that big of shows when you go, damn, something's screwed up. <laughs> all the Try all the time. Okay. Um, yeah, we'd like to fancy ourselves some form of you know, producer guru in the back of the building making this all sound wonderful for everybody, but uh, quite often mixing uh, live sound is uh, less less creative and more just trying to keep a boiling lid on uh, a lid on some form of boiling pot. Right. <laughs> and that boiling pot can be any, any number of things, you know, from <laughs> from a band that plays too loud on stage to you know, the the list goes on. A band that's played too loud on stage. I don't believe I've ever seen or heard yeah. of a part of that. Um, they're out there. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta look. We have Bonnie Lee Wilkes. Uh, I'm honored to call him my friend. We hooked up about seven or eight years ago, and we're just having a ball. The number one source of the Twin Cities gay scene is all digital. Follow Twin Cities Gay Scene on Facebook and Twitter. Sign up for the Scene Shot email blast for weekly updates and chances to win great prizes. No app is needed to view the bi-weekly web editions of Scene. It's GLBTQ Media for the mobile generation. Find it all at TwinCitiesGayScene.com. That's TwinCitiesGayScene.com. Saturdays at 1 p.m., you have a chance at a fresh start, a new beginning. Hi, everybody. This is Freddie Bell, host of New Beginnings. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, spirituality, and even entertainment. Every day is a chance for a fresh start. Join us Saturdays at 1 p.m. for New Beginnings with Freddie Bell on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Hello, I'm Dr. Vladimir von Surikov, the director and president of the Museum of Russian Art, which holds the finest collection of Russian art in North America, as well as an award-winning gift shop, Izba. Unique gifts, artworks, and artisan-made products are sourced from artists and jewelers who use traditional Russian materials to create stunning pieces for purchase. Izba Gift Shop is on Facebook and Instagram. Our museum is at tmora.org. Visit Izba Gift Shop for that special gift you will cherish. This is Ken Hagland of Minnesota Hospice, inviting you to listen to our brand new show, airing on AM 950 on Saturdays from noon to one. The Minnesota Hospice Show looks forward to discussing how we honor life and to exploring the physical, spiritual, mental, and emotional issues we experience throughout all stages of life. Learn how hospice is the new face of hope and how it's your benefit, your choice. Join us Saturdays at noon and check us out online at minnesotahospice.com. Hello, friends. I've been talking to you about Prairie Oaks Memorial Eco Gardens, Minnesota's first green cemetery dedicated to celebrating life and protecting our environment. One of the many wonderful things they have is something called the living urn. Ashes are buried in an urn with seedlings ultimately coming back to life as a glorious tree. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Why don't you log on to the website mngreengraves.com. Learn more about Prairie Oaks Memorial Eco Gardens. See if it might be something that's meaningful for you. Mishad Cooley Erickson, a mechanical and electrical consulting engineering firm in Minneapolis, supports inclusivity by designing spaces for all user groups, honoring inclusivity and respect. These spaces include gender-neutral family restrooms and nursing mothers' rooms. For example, Mishad Cooley Erickson has designed lactation rooms for traveling mothers at the MSP International Airport. Designing these spaces has changed the expectations of similar facilities in airports around the country. Mishad Cooley Erickson designed safe and comfortable environments for occupants who are their number one priority. All right, we're back with sound man extraordinaire Monty Lee Wilkes on the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metzger. You know, Monty, I think I, I, I'm going to ask you, because yeah. uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, your friends listening to this, but you had uh, uh, you had some depressing news a while back. Would you, could you share that with us a little bit? Uh, yeah. I think you're handling it very well. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, I was diagnosed with... Uh, Stage four lung cancer, and a fairly grim prognosis, and uh, and uh, it's in my bones, in my lymph nodes, and uh, got a brain tumor for extra measure, huh. and uh, 
I've been undergoing radiation, and hence my new hairdo. <laughs> and uh, for those of you that that can't, we're going to post a picture. But he looks like uh, uh, Walter White's younger brother from Breaking Bad. But it's working for you with the bald head and the goatee. <laughs> I keep it, man. You got a good looking skull. It's, it's uh, well, what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, I used to have the biggest hair in town in the eighties, right. and uh, now I don't. Right. No thing, but. Uh, yeah, I've uh, been uh, undergoing uh, yeah radiation and chemo, and um, the first round of chemo kicked my butt pretty good. Uh, the last one wasn't too rough, and uh, I've got a ton of tests we're running this week to see how um, I'm faring. Yeah, and uh, I'll have to get back to you on that. Do you have any? Do you have any um, grand thoughts about it all? About life and uh, and how to live it. Um, well, you know, I know you always have, but I mean, now with this perspective, um, you should never take anything for granted. Things can change in the blink of an eye, you know. And uh, I don't have any, uh, I don't have any fears. I don't have any weirdness. I don't have any. Oh, why me? Right. Uh, I don't have a bucket list. Right. Uh, I've never been a bucket list kind of guy. Well, you've done quite a bit of stuff in your life. You, you already checked off the bucket list. Pretty, really, pretty much. Compared you know? to a lot of us. And, uh, yeah, I do what I want. When I, I've always done what I wanted, when I wanted. And I'm very, very lucky that way. I've had a, a pretty groovy life. And Plus, you've got a great legacy, man. you got to let your, got your well, name on a lot of great mixes, records. <sighs> every, every musician that's ever worked with you bows down to you, Monty. Oh, shucks. <laughs> Well, as I like to say regarding my, you know, what the doctors have told me and this and that, um, those who know me will uh, tell you that I don't do well with being told what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care who it is. Right. I don't like being told what to do, and that includes getting sick and dying. So yeah, right. um, uh, I'll do what I want when I want, and uh, that's that's the only way to live life. Right. I mean, it really is. Uh, even before I got sick, uh, I was uh, coming to the conclu conclusion. Uh, in fact, a buddy of mine called up another buddy and said, I just saw Wilkes. He's got his groove back. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I had made up my mind that, you know, I, I'm only going to do what I want. Right. Why change now? You know, yeah. Uh, it, it's just pointless to, to manage your life. Do what you want, you know, and... You're beholden to nobody but yourself right. at the end of the day. Uh, well, you, you've done that. And that's you, Other than the fact you're one of the greatest sound men in the universe, we all know that about you. And I just want to tell you, I love you. Oh, thanks. And now I got I'm it. having a blast right now, actually, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. I've got a great gig with a great band. And um, uh, things like this are groovy because then I have a mission. You yeah. Know, instead of sitting around the house and going, Ugh, it's like, I got to go do this. Let's right. go do it. Right. And, um, and uh, that includes work. And working is huge to me. Yeah, it's your medicine. It is. It completely is. And uh, without work, I mean, I guess that's what, uh, my my advice to younger people and stuff is. You know, the old folks were right. You know, yeah. if you uh, if you pick a career of something you really like doing, you'll never work a day in your life. There you go. Well put. Monty, we just got a couple of minutes left, but uh, you have to tell us the story about the replacements returning the RV <laughs> to the rental shop. Oh, God. Well, we, yeah, uh, they didn't really want to step up into a tour bus. Right. And I thought it was a bit rock and stuff. So we went and, <laughs> went and rented an RV for this particular tour. And... Um, I, I drove my I drove Peter Jesperson up to the dealership where we rented it from in Elk River in my van, and we go out on tour, and they just destroy the thing. <laughs> they destroy it completely. I mean, so what are they doing? What's oh, going on inside? Uh, they they completely tore everything apart. All the cupboards, uh, the bunks, everything. It was just a pile of lumber in the corner <laughs> of the van that that which didn't get thrown out the back door in the process. Um, it wasn't there a can they, of paint or they, two? They had painted it. They had painted the inside and <laughs> large amounts of themselves in the process. And uh, 
<laughs> I got to the hotel that night. Tommy was dressed in black and he was covered in hand hand, hand and footprints from head to toe. <laughs> They kicked out the picture window in the thing, <laughs> broke the seats. Um, uh, yeah, boys Bob, will be boys, right? Bob, Bob would just open up a door and drawer uh, in the kitchenette and pee in it. And uh, <laughs> so we get back and we return the thing. <laughs> and Peter calls me and says, "You know, let's can you give me a ride up there and." You know, uh, follow me and give you a ride home. I'm like, yeah, sure. He I'm has like, no idea what's happened. Uh, at the dealership, Peter? no. Oh, no, yeah, Peter right. was there. Okay, Peter knew. Oh, but, yeah, but Peter the was there the whole time. They did it while he was driving. Oh, okay. Or half of it, and the other half of Bill driving. And uh, <laughs> he said, maybe you could come over a few minutes early, and uh, we could, you know, maybe wipe it down a little bit before we take it back. <laughs> <laughs> the only time I've ever disagreed with them, I said, there's only one thing to do here. Take it back and go, what? It's full of gas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, were they tight-jawed. I Of course, I'm like, all I want to do is get my van back. My van's been sparked at their lot for like 90 days, you know. <laughs> I guess it got sent back to the factory and stripped down to the frame. <laughs> Well, you know, all the stories you heard about the replacements, I guess, are true. Uh, hard to say. Hard to say. I've, uh, uh, well, just in terms of they'd like to have their fun. Yeah, they like, you know what? They're some of the smartest smart Alex. Yeah, I've ever met in my life. Well, I, I Bob Stinson and I were guitar store and record store buddies, and I just adored the guy. Yeah, he had oh, a real what, zen, what, sort of brilliant. I know, didn't he though? Yeah, um, yeah I need. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, I remember him one day. Just, uh, I I say this a lot, and every time I say it, I think of Bob. And one day he just told, some, "Well, you got to be smarter than the door to get through it." <laughs> Bonnie Lee Wilkes, this has been phenomenal. You have a great uh, new year, man. And, I will. Uh, I'll be we'll, doing hairball. Great. And we'll talk to you soon. Okie dokie. Thanks, brother. You bet. Thanks for listening to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. The show is produced by Paul Metza, engineered by Brad Knaber, recorded at the Minneapolis Media Institute. We'd like to thank our guest, great sound man, Monty Lee Wilkes, and we want to wish you all a very happy new year. Be kind and make someone happy.